When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. American Idol Season 11 champ Philip Phillips releases his new album, Drift Back, today. He joined me to discuss turning his idol victory into a hit music career, starting with the song Home. Hey, Philip Phillips. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP in D.C. Yeah, man. How you doing? I'm doing all right. Where are you calling us from? That's a nice little, like, I don't know if we call it a sunroom or whatever, but like the wood little rafters, like a sunray, that, that's that's nice there. Oh, thanks. But yeah, this is at my home uh, in South Georgia. This is kind of our living room and uh, my wife's pink chair. Uh, I usually would do these in my studio room, but I couldn't. Uh, yeah, just my our internet's been weird and all this stuff. So right. Thank you. <laughs> well, I like the pink chair. It really pops. You know what I mean? It makes you stand out. I love yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, it makes, my, uh, cheek, our makes listeners... my cheeks stand out. Yeah, exactly. Well, our listeners probably don't <laughs> want to talk us to talk interior design. They're they're here to find out about yeah. your brand new album, which arrives uh, Friday, June 9th. Um, it's called Drift Back. So what's in the title, man? I've I've listened to a couple of the songs, So Will I and Dancing with Your Shadows. It's it's a really cool vibe, but what what's in the title? Oh man. So the album for me, uh, kind of represents these past five years of me trying to learn how to become like a better man overall and a better husband, a better father, better brother, a better son, better friend. And, um, you know, it's kind of a deeper record, uh, for me and very personal, but, uh, there's still some fun moments throughout it and, uh, just a love record. And, uh, um, so that's really what it is for me, man, just kind of learning. And I'm still on that journey of trying to, you know, trying to do better each each day. Awesome. So it's about journey of trying to be a, just a better person, father, husband, son, everything, which we, you know, that should inspire all yeah. listeners. We should all want to be better. So what, well, how does that tie into drift back then? Just drift back to home, to so, who you yeah, are? Just to... kind of drift, yeah, just drift back to who I, you know, who I am and back to relationships that I have been like, uh, you know, a lot of things that happen, you know, so you learn some people aren't superheroes and you learn that, you know, you know, sometimes things just won't go how you really think they will. And so it's me kind of dealing with issues and problems that I haven't really wanted to deal with for a long time. And, and, uh, and also it's for me, drift back is kind of drifting back to my fans since it's been, you know, five years, uh, since my last record. And, uh, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm just really, really happy and proud of this record. So, I think it's really good. Maybe everyone else will think it's really good or they'll think it's really, really bad. Um, but hopefully they'll still give it a thumbs up. <laughs> Either way, whatever they think, you know, because it's all subjective that we turn it out into the world, see what the people say. But either way, exactly. you're, pr- you're proud anymore. of it. You're proud of it. And it's authentic Absolutely. and real about real issues you're dealing with, the person, et cetera. So it's 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 worthwhile. Just that alone. 
Um, awesome. Well, hopefully, hopefully everyone enjoys it. Uh, like I have listened to it so far. Uh, well, you're talking about drifting back. Let's drift back. I, whenever I have someone on, I love to drift back to, you know, your, your superhero origin story. I know you said there are new superheroes, but your origin story, uh, you were born, uh, born there in Georgia, uh, in, in 19, 90 uh so what you know yeah what was it like growing up philip phillips is an interesting name i guess you get it from dad <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah my dad's that's my dad's name he goes by a nickname but because he hated the name growing up so he decided <laughs> to give it to his only son and uh so yeah that is my real name a lot of people still don't think it's my real name but it is e- easy to easy to learn in cursive you know it's just the same <laughs> thing twice i remember yeah. that in second grade but yeah. uh yeah, yeah. I grew up, I have two older sisters, but there's, we're, me and my oldest sister were 13 years apart. And then me and my middle sister were seven years apart to the date. And, uh, you know, so I was, I kind of was like an only kid kind of growing up, you know, so I still, I'm, I'm I, I've kind of, I've gotten closer to my sisters, the older I get. And, uh, and, but they have always watched after me and, you know, kind of, they've in a way, you know, you know, been more than just a sister and, uh, so, but yeah, man, I was just really quiet. I just, I loved sports growing up. And then, uh, you know, I had one friend and so it was funny, me and my sister who are seven years apart, have the same birthday. And then I had this one friend across the street. We lived on this street and, uh, called church street. And then there's this one other kid that was only lived on the street. And we were this, she was a year younger than me and we had the same birthday. So all three oh kids gosh. in this little town, we were only three kids lived on this street in this smaller town in Sasser, Georgia, and we all three had the same birthday. It was the most bizarre thing. And uh, so we were best friends growing up. And I remember when we got a speed bump on our street, we just, we, we would ride our bikes over that speed bump every day. We just thought it was the most amazing thing in the world. And, uh, and but then I moved, I moved to a place called Leesburg, Georgia for baseball. And then I got into music at about 14 years old. And, uh, and that was really it, man. I just, I love, I fell in love with the, with the guitar and I've, I've always loved music. I, I even before I picked up the guitar, I loved a lot of classic rock and, and, uh, you know, just kind of list can go on and on. And I would carry a, a, a big like CD packet, you know, you could yeah. CD sleeves yeah. and me and my buddy Ross, we would always at the end of each school day, we had our CD players. And so we would choose who's there, whoever we were going to listen to. We had a splitter. So we'd be listening to the same uh, <laughs> music yeah. at the same time, you know, and we would walk out of school and still have that CD sleeve to this day. It's pretty funny. And uh, so, yeah, man, just did that. And I just fell in love with music and I would just obsessed, o- obsessed over it. And, and another friend of mine who I'm still, still close to these guys, they're uh, just my best friends and a guy named John, he played guitar and we would play guitar all the time together. He had an amplifier and I didn't have one. So I would go to his house a lot just to learn how to play the electric and yeah. all that. And uh, just learn as much as we could, man. Yeah. I love it. And, and with the CD player, you're taking me back. But we got to be you got to be careful going over that speed bump, because if your disc man doesn't have the shock protector, it'll skip. So that speed bump could could. Absolutely. Uh, yes, uh, and I don't want to I don't want to sidetrack too much but real quick what position were you in baseball now now I'm curious oh uh, man honestly I mean I'm, I would play any position I was I was I was pretty good at every position I, but I, I love playing first or the outfield anywhere in the outfield yeah. because I love to dive for the ball I like to stretch out for the ball 
um, to catch. And uh, I was an okay pitcher. I didn't have a lot of speed, but I had a pretty nasty curveball as a kid. And uh, <laughs> Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Steve Avery, you were in the hotbed for pitchers down gosh, there. Gosh, man. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah, big Braves fan growing up. Chipper Jones and, Chipper. and Andrew Jones were my just, yeah. I, I just loved them. Dave and, Justice. Uh, yeah, big fan of that. And, <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Throwing it back. Uh, and so, yeah, that, but so, yeah. So after when I picked up music, I didn't really do anything in sports for a long time. And I've always missed that because I'm a pretty competitive person. I like ping pong, but I never like played it enough to be, you know, really good at it. Um, and so I picked up pickleball four years ago. I just fell in love with, I don't know if you know what pickleball is, but it's like all uh, the rage, like some bands play it backstage up at Meriwether and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's just the best. And I I'm, pretty competitive and uh i just obsessed over that as well i've learned <laughs> a lot a lot of you a lot of youtube videos a lot of time playing it but it was cool because me and a, like a handful of guys all started learning at the same time and a couple of them were very good tennis players and and i would just you know we'd all just learn from each other and so i'm i love playing that yeah <laughs> i love it i love it so yes all right philip phillips is a, a pickleball player who knew all right yeah <laughs> well I, I could just talk sports with you all day, but let's let's try to bring it back on track. <laughs> uh, so you're working in dad's pond Who do you think is going to win the uh, NBA championship? Oh, man, I don't know. Probably Denver, right? I feel like they're long overdue. Phil, I feel like, I feel like they're going to win, too. Joker's just insane. We'll see. We'll see. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, we, 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 can, we can talk all day. We haven't even got the football, and that's my, <laughs> that's my favorite. But all right. Well, anyway, <laughs> uh, you were before Idol hits, obviously, and changes your life. Like, what were you doing? Working at Dad's Pawn Shop, uh, majoring in industrial system technology? Like, that was the career path. That's where you thought you might go. And then all of a sudden, you hear about this little thing called Idol, or how did it come about? So yeah, I would, uh, I helped my dad at his pawn shop, but I was also playing a ton of gigs, you know, all over whatever Georgia, you know, at yeah. middle Georgia, some, you know, up around Athens, whatever parties or Valdosta, um, any, anywhere I would just play. And, um, and so I did that a lot, but also, yeah, I had to go to college because my dad said I had to either get out of the house or go to college and get a degree just to have as a backup plan. I wasn't quite ready to get out of the house yet. So I went and got my degree. Yeah. Industrial systems technology. And I was, I did really good. And I, I mean, but I just, I didn't enjoy it. So I couldn't tell you anything about it now. Yeah. Um, but I had a great teacher and it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a time, you know, it was the time <laughs> there, but I just, music was, music was always number one, you know, far, far, far ahead of anything else. Well, we're all glad that you decided to take a chance and take a leap and audition for Idol. Obviously, you are too. I'm sure you're glad you did that. Uh, tell yeah. tell me about the. I invite our listeners should fire up their YouTube machine and and see your audition because I, it's funny. Like right when you walk in, Steven Tyler he even whispers. He goes. I, I got a funny feeling about this guy. And then, you know, and then when you start in Stevie Wonder Superstition, you can totally see that J-Lo and Randy Jackson are, are feeling it. Um, So much so, they invite you to bust out your guitar for Michael Jackson's Thriller. So just take me into the whirlwind of like when you go in and just feeling it out. Are you like sort of vibing like, okay, they're liking this. They're liking this. Oh my God, I'm going to get to do a second song. Like, take me into what that moment's like. Man, I was too, I, I don't think I ever looked at him besides saying hello when I walked in because <laughs> yeah. I was absolutely terrified. And I don't like to sing acapella, especially by myself. I don't mind if it's with some other guys or girls, whatever, but just by myself is I don't, I don't have the most beautiful voice in the world. 
And so doing that, I was just like, oh my gosh, man, I just want to get this over with. Uh, I was just sweating. I already, I'm already like sweat horribly just in general, (laughs) but I was sweating extra then. And uh, so, yeah, when I finally said I could pick up my guitar, um, I got a lot more comfortable and I got to play my version of Thriller and they seemed to really like it. And, uh, you know, that was just, yeah, you're in front of these artists and that have done amazing things, you know, that'll always be remembered. And so I was like, man, I'm just a kid from this small town, you know, why I didn't know what, to, I, like I said, I'd never watched the show or anything. I'd seen a few episodes of it from the year before, I think of a guy named Casey Abrams, who's incredibly talented. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. He's actually a really talented guy, you know, talented musician and um, that's all I knew from it, but I didn't, so I didn't know anything else. And really? You so never watched, for that, you, didn't, man, you just, didn't watch, like, I mean, you were aware of like Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood, like you knew the names, right? Uh, like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I just didn't watch it. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. Obviously I knew their names and, and other artists that were from the show, but I just didn't, I just didn't watch it. I didn't know what to expect. Right. And, uh, you know, it was just a, a very dog eat dog world though. <laughs> I, I, I soon found out everybody wants to be really famous <laughs> that goes out for that show. And, and I didn't, I didn't care about that. I just wanted to be able to make music for a living that the for people that wanted to listen to it. And, uh, that wanted to hear the songs that I write and, uh, luckily be able to do that. And, uh, but yeah, man, I was just a quiet guy. A lot of people would want to go hang out or do other stuff. And I was just, I just want to go back and chill, man, or eat some good food, you know, <laughs> so right. I want to do and write, you know, write music. Well, that, that might be what carried you through. You didn't get caught up in any other distractions. You were just focused on the music. And that's funny to me that you didn't, you said you never watched it because you can sort of tell that your parents were huge fans. Like your mom was freaking out about Seacrest and uh, <laughs> there's a big deal for them. Even Yeah, if had- my mom, my <laughs> mom was a huge fan and she, they, they had always told me like, you're, you need, if you tried out for that, you'd win. And I was like, I'm yeah. not going to freaking try out. I don't know. I don't, that's not my <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, cause there are so many incredible, I knew, I knew incredible singers went out for it. Like you said, Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood, just, uh, just yeah. powerhouse vocals. I was like, I'm not a powerhouse vocalist, you know? And said, so, so that's not my thing. And, uh, then when I saw the Casey guy, they said, you need to see this kid on there. I was like, oh, whatever, you know? check it out and he he did a version of i think georgia on my mind and i was like holy crap that's pretty yeah. freaking awesome and uh definitely up more of my wheelhouse and um i said that's really cool so i, I think i saw him uh, like two or three of his performances and uh that was it and so yeah. then the next year my family hey look we'll give you the gas money just travel <laughs> up to charleston go try out your sister and brother-in-law will go with you they'll try out too i was like all right whatever i'll do it and so we did it and we waited in line for like eight hours at the, in this arena for 10,000 people or so. And uh, we noticed there were like 15 or so booths and the booth 11 was the booth that you didn't want to go to because they were sending everyone home. Like just, oh, no. they were sending everybody back. And cause it was in front of producers of the show, you know, or whatever. And right. Uh, there's a lot, there's like some rounds so, you got to beat. Past like, yeah. There's three, three rounds you have to. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, three rounds you have to go through in front of producers. And so that was the first one. And they said, we get down there. It's like, all right, go to booth 11. I was like, oh, frick. You I'm know, done. Like, I'm <laughs> definitely we wasted all this time. Go down there, do the song. And they say, step forward. And and they send me through. And I was like, oh, crap. Yeah. And uh, get all these papers, whatever. And they said, well, come back in two days and write in the same city and come, come do, you'll, you'll perform again. And learn this song, this Lady Gaga song while you're at it. I was like, oh my gosh. 
<laughs> so I changed up this Lady Gaga song. I can't remember what song it was and uh, had it ready just in case they asked for it. So I went through the first round and they said, okay, you'll do another one in just a little bit. So I went in front of the other, the bigger producers for the second one. And uh, they were the main, you know, the main producers of the show. And uh, I did what I did. And they said, okay, we'll come back, come back next time, learn this Lady Gaga song. I said, well, I already learned it. I said, I might mess up the lyrics because I don't really know it that well, but I kind of changed it up a little bit. And I played what I had and I think I messed up like halfway through, but I just laughed it off and they laughed and they, they said, oh, well, great job. You know, we'll, we'll be in touch with you and, you know, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then get the information on email and you go, then that was in front of the uh, celebrity judges that was in Savannah, Georgia. And um, yeah, man, that rest is kind of history. Yeah. It really is. It that's that's so cool. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Um, well, I don't want to spend too much more time on Idol. I want to get to your actual, you know, albums out there in the yeah. real world. But I do, real quick, before we move off, I do have to ask, you know, what was it like hearing Seacrest call your name? That That final show, you know what I mean? Um, you get to sing home, which gosh, your coronation song, I think went on to be like the top seller in, in idol history. We all know it. <laughs> you know, I'm going that's to make this say. place that, your home. That's what yeah. they tell me. Uh, but what was it just like hearing the name, uh, your, your name and the confetti and that uh, your, your mind probably goes blank. <laughs> it really did, man. It was more of like an outer body experience. Um, very emotional time for me. I had a lot going on personally. Uh, you know, not just that I, I was sick during that time, had some kidney issues, but a lot of personal things that went on that were going on in my life uh, and that no one even knows about. And so it was just all of these emotions. When I started to cry, it wasn't even crying that I won. It was, it was, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just this whole thing of just, I could take a breather for yeah. a minute and just everything hit all at once. And, uh, and yeah, I can't. I don't. I can't even watch that video now because it still gets me emotional. It's, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. So whenever he said it, and then whenever I was brought, they brought my guitar out. I was like, "What am I about to sing?" I didn't know. I didn't even know what I was about to sing. And then the music started. I was like, "Oh, this song." Yeah. And uh, you know, and so yeah, that all just happened, man. And um, really, really cool experience. That's incredible. Well, of course you're going to get emotional watching it. Not everyone has their single life-changing moment, uh, you know, recorded on on screen for all time. Of course you're going to get emotional. Uh, all right. Well, tell yeah, that's, me. That's in, very true. Take me into the song "Home." We mentioned it, but recording that itself. Um, you know, I remember like Mumford and Sons and all that was like big at that time, and it kind of had a similar, somewhat similar sound. But 
Um, take me into, you know, just, just you hearing it for the first time or record into the re- recording studio to make it an actual single, you know, that, that, oh, uh, was kind of perfect for movie trailers and everything, but it's pretty, it's an all time banger, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah. We went into the studio, cut the guitars and, um, and I think we played around with the drum hits a little bit, super simple drum, obviously just four on the floor and, um, it was a crazy fast process, man. Like I didn't even obviously listening back. And this is to every song that I've recorded though. Like you listen back to, Oh man, I would have changed this or I would have done this, you know? And, um, but there's a beautiful thing about rush in a way, like moving quickly. Cause my first album, most of those songs were songs I'd written in my, you know, in my bedroom at my parents' house when I was younger, you know, during that whole, you know, right before all that and during, and, and, um, you know, so I'd never gone to a studio to record these really. I did with my brother-in-law. We had, he had just a fun little setup we would just mess around with, but, um, you know, we had three weeks to record that whole album from cutting guitars to mastering. And it was the fastest process. So it was a good process because you couldn't overthink anything. You couldn't right. spend hours. So like, was the vocal sound good like this? Or should we do the vocal like this? Or should the guitar sound like this or that right. or whatever? you know, you could spend hours and hours and hours. And, um, you know, so that there, but yeah, even recording that song though, was just like, you, know, you go back and every song I could go back and add and change things too. So, um, fast, super fast. That's all I can say about it. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. And, and was gone, gone, gone. One of the same one, was that one of the ones you'd written previously or did that come up in that three weeks? So uh, th- that came up in the three weeks that who I was been writing, I was writing uh, with Todd Clark and Derek Furman, and they were also helping produce the album. Uh, I say produce, they're kind of helping engineer some of it, but great songwriters. And we were written, we'd written quite a few songs together and uh, they brought this song and we uh, finished it together and uh, uh, helped produce it. I wanted to add horns and, and uh all this other stuff and and i think it just sounded absolutely you know i think it's it's a very timeless song awesome it really both of those were were huge hits and of course the album we keep dancing around it but the name of it is the world from the side of the moon 2012 look it up everybody and you probably already own it (laughs) uh well with with that one you (laughs) that one you said you know it was I mean, it was this rapid fire. I mean, you're pulling from old songs you'd written, but also, you know, an intensive three weeks. You have like the post idol machine kind of working to crank this out. We got to capitalize on, on you know, you winning the show and all that. Um. So but then contrast that to that your second album, Behind the Light in 2014. We remember Fly and Raging Fire and all that. But like was putting that album together just a completely different experience? Did you get like a, to at least breathe and like spend a little more time on it? Or what was that like comparatively? not really man it was it was a little bit longer obviously than the first album but it was still super rushed because like you said they were still wanting to capitalize on what was going on and i wanted to spend more time on it but it's when you're on a major label and you're dealing with you know have management that's not looking out for the best interest i would say it's like you know all i can do is just okay then let's just work let's get it done right and I do love, you know, just about all of those songs. Uh, there's, I think, let's see, maybe what one song on the on the second album. There's one song on each album on the first three records that I don't like because you're <laughs> dealing with so many different opi- opinions. Even if I write it, you know, I've, ri- I've written a ton of songs I hate. Are you allowed to tell I'll us which one on each those. album that you don't like? 
I don't I don't want to say it. Yeah. Some a lot of my fans have figured it out because I don't play them live. We'll keep it a mystery. Um, People but, can try to figure it out. Yeah, keep it a mystery. But yeah, I mean, there's you just deal with so many different opinions that think they know how to write a song that have never written a song. Yeah. And uh and I was I was super, you know, I was young and I didn't know you know, you just you're just young and you don't know you have all these older people telling you what to do and you're like, okay, I guess I'll do it then. If that's the right thing, you're kind of putting this trust into them. And, right. and, uh, but I do love that second album. There's some, a lot of cool songs on there, even the deeper tracks, you know, I love. And, um, and so, yeah, I think I, I do like that record. I would like, again, I would, I would change quite a few things. Yeah. But you know, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good or whatever they say, you know, you were able, it, it, it was a successful yeah. album anyway. So uh, you can always nitpick it in hindsight. I'm sure. Um, well, Absolutely. Raging Fire was you played it on Ellen and Conan, and I think it was part of the NHL playoffs. Like they'd play it to like highlight packages and stuff. So it it did well, my friend. It did well. Uh, well, before we it run, did. Uh, it did do good. Yeah, before we run, um, take me into album three, then Collateral. Like you were saying at the top, it was five years ago now, but that was in 2018. Into the Wild. Um, what was it? Magnetic. I think was another one. Um, t- yeah. just just. Yeah. You know, how how do you think you evolved from album two to album three? Uh, and then on and I mean, we see the new album now. But yeah, w- where were you in your evolution by album three? Man, that's that album. I really love the sound of that album. I recorded it in Seattle, uh, right, with Ryan Hadlock. And um, and and then uh, one song, Magnetic, that I recorded with Nathan Chapman. Uh, really just uh, showed a diverse side of me that I've always tried to put into my music in the first couple albums, but this one, I really explored it a little bit more with like a song called I dare you and magnetic. Uh, They had a little bit more of like a blues jazz funky thing. And then song called don't tell me a little more funk driven. And um, uh, you know, and yeah, like magnetic had that sexiness about it that I really loved a little more of a swag and um, just really fun sound and great songs on there. yeah, one song I don't like on there that great, but I'll still I I, I have played it a few times and uh, because people like it and I I I like the song, but it just yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it, maybe it, it'll I, grow I on a, you. I think it's a re- <laughs> yeah, and uh, and then yeah, there's a song called "What Will Become of Us" that I really love. That was all one take with me and my buddy Dave Egar on the cello and really emotional song. One of my favorite songs I've, I've, I've ever written and just beautiful tune. And now we're on album four yeah. and drift back. And I just love this album, man. Um, and I love every song on this album. And uh, it's <laughs> nice. just, you know, it's really, it really, yeah, it really speaks to these past five years of, 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 you know, I had a lot of time to think, you know, we went through COVID and there's a lot of time that you have to think. And then I had a kid and uh Congrats. You, know, you you just grow you thank you thank you. you just grow and you learn each every each and every day man how to what to do you're you're in a surprise every day with a toddler and then you your relationships with friends and your wife and your family you know all of it changes and priorities change and and you know you just you know life life goes keeps going and you have to learn how you know what you want to do and how you want to do things and uh you know, so that's, yeah, that's that. And I would, I would say everyone, I would tell everyone to check it out. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't know how far you are living now from where you grew up, but you got to take your kid over that same speed bump. It's like a rite of passage or play some pickleball or something with the kid. Absolutely. I actually live not too, I live like not too far down the road, actually. Uh, Yeah. We we live kind of in the quiet spot and uh, it's nice. Yeah. 
I love it, man. That you're living the dream, you know, because a lot of people have to go off and move away to, you know, and then, but you're able to come back and still have the career, you know, a world famous career, but you're still pretty much living your home. You're living the dream, as far as I'm concerned. Um, awesome. No, well, I appreciate every, it, man. Everyone, pick up the album. It's called Drift Back. It arrives Friday, June 9th. Um, normally, I'd like to tease, uh, you know, your your upcoming live date or whatever, but I guess the closest to us here in D.C. would be, gosh, June 20th in Cheswick, PA, near Pittsburgh. Not very close. A couple hours away. Might be coming around the area in October, so just kind of be on the look, lookout for that. You know, nothing's really announced yet, but, uh, you know, new album, probably definitely have some new dates to come along with it. So be on the lookout for that on the website. And uh I was just in DC. I did the Memorial Day concert uh, this oh, past right. weekend, and that was that was awesome. And uh, I took my little boy; that was his first plane ride, and my wife, and we had a good time. I went to the zoo and several museums, and uh, had a really good time. Man, it was it was it was an awesome, great event. Now, did you get to talk to like Gary Sinise and Joe Montana, and who else was there? Trace Atkins, Jody Messina, Yolanda Adams. We just did a story on it, so of course you were there. Uh, but yeah, what was it like? Yeah, brushing yeah. shoulders with all those guys and gals. Oh man, everybody's super kind, man. Everyone was really nice, and it was you know we all knew that it, we weren't there for us. It was for right. you know it was Memorial Day. It was for all those families and the ones that have you know that we lost. So. Um, awesome amazing event and it was it was you know i was glad that i was able to maybe bring a little bit more of a uh uh pot, you know, like a more of a upbeat moment for for that whole event and that i thought it went really really well it's an amazing show they do every year and and obviously a somber occasion but it's just a, it's wonderful to see the tributes and you can you can tell mm -hmm. why you know, Gary and, and Joe and everybody why they keep coming back every year because they say once you do it once you kind of want to do it every year. Um all right well final yeah. sec Final seconds. Uh, you've toured with, you know, John Mayer and Gavin DeGraw and the Goo Goo Dolls. You've even shared the stage with Bruce Springsteen. Is there one one moment where you were just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm, you know, on the same stage as this guy? Yeah, I mean, that one with Bruce Springsteen. So me, Mayer and Bruce Springsteen closed out the night at Rock and Rio in, I think, 2013. Oh, in 2013. And uh, um, that moment it was like 100,000 people out in that crowd. And uh, they were singing every word to every one of my songs. And it was just definitely one of the highlights of my career and of my life, man. That was just so cool. Well, I just saw your earpiece, your earbud fall out. So I'm going to blame your best friend for using the splitter. You know, he probably yanked it too hard when you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah, my ears, you know, your ears change shape as you get older. So my ears are just getting even weirder or bigger or something. Yeah, we all get those old guy ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, you have a long career ahead still, so we can't wait to see what you do. Uh, thank you so much for spending so much time with us. We'll, we'll let you run. But yeah, it's called Drift Back, the new album, Friday, June 9th, Philip Phillips. Thank you so much, man. This was a freaking blast. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, you have a good one, buddy. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time.